Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. back to the Decades of Strength podcast. Katie Crocus here, along with the beautiful co-hosts, Marcy Nevin and Kim Schlag. How are you ladies? Hi girls. Hi there. How's everyone doing? Good. I don't know if I'm the beautiful one today. Kim sure is though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kim, you it's Kim's amazing smoking. what happens when you like take a shower, do your hair, put on some makeup. That's not the cards for me. I did about eight loads of laundry yesterday after coming home from vacation. And so by the time that was through, there was, I had zero bandwidth for anything in terms of like personal presentation left in me. I'm with you. I wear a baseball hat more days than not. (laughs) You hit me on an off day. If I, if I had like money was not an issue, budget was not a concern. What I would do at least once a week, if not twice would be to go get a professional blowout. Oh, I would love that. Marcy, yeah. occasionally you have your hair down. I don't see it very often, but when you do, I can't look at anything else except the fact that you look like you should be in a Pantene commercial. I mean, it's stunning. It is gorgeous. Like, I know that you're saying important things, but I'm like, oh my God, look at how gorgeous she is. I appreciate it. It's so funny because I got my hair done last Saturday. So like cut, colored, blown out. She curled it a little bit and yeah, I was, I was feeling myself. So I got on stories. I think it was on like Monday or Tuesday. My hair will last a really long time. Like I can go a week without washing it. And it actually like looks better and better as the days go on. Um, I guess a little grease is good for it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I got on stories on Tuesday and I was like, yeah, my hair looks nice today. So why not? <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I was, I was like literally sweating and I had to double filter it just because I was sweating so bad because your hair was down. Yeah. Cause my hair was down. Mm. I just, I don't like it in my face. That's why it's always up in a bun. I just, I can't like people who can work out with their hair down. Do you do that? Me. Yeah. That's me. Oh man. I don't do much high intensity. I can certainly lift with my hair down, but I could never run if I was trying yeah, to no when I'm outside like when I'm hiking and stuff like that I have my hair up in two low ponytails because remember guys I have the extensions and it's not good for them like especially like a high ponytail it's not good for them it can yank them out um yeah. and so I do two low side ponytails to keep it off my neck when I'm out in the heat doing exercise same here I always I, forget I you have the extensions too. yeah yeah so anyway well I appreciate the compliment but it's in a bun right now back to normal <laughs> The world demands to see it down more. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Who's gonna pay for it? To the topic at hand today, ladies, it's it's a good one, and I feel like we're gonna have a lot to say on it because it really spans a lot. So obviously, as three women representing three different decades, we have a lot of different experience, both anecdotal and personal, and then of course just through education as well. Um, and so there's, but if there's one thing I think we can all agree on is that things change as we age. So something that worked for us in our 20s probably won't be have the same application maybe in our 40s and 50s. And that just kind of works across all decades. And so specifically what we wanted to hone in and talk about today was some struggles or some myths and some tools and, and discussing weight loss and fitness over 40. So I know Marcy, we're gonna, we're gonna allow you to join us in this conversation even though you're the spring chicken of the group. 
at, at what, like, like 36, I think. <laughs> oh, oh, I wish, uh, 37 and a half. Okay. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of conversation out there. A lot of women certainly feel that once you hit 40, everything just sort of comes to a standstill. And we did sort of discuss this, touch this a little bit in a past episode called metabolism myths. And that's really not necessarily the case. There are some things that shift in our hormonal profile, certainly in our lifestyle that can affect metabolism. But overall, we're gonna dive in a little bit here into um, some struggles and some experiences, and then ultimately how to handle things in your forties, then into perimenopause and, and ultimately menopause as well. So I'm gonna start by Kim sort of turning the conversation over to you and and ask you like what are some struggles that you have seen from your clients or you have had personally aging between 30 and or I'm sorry between 40 and 50 so gosh there are so many i had no idea what perimenopause was i'd never ever heard that word um, until I was deep into it, I started, um, having symptoms in my early forties and these symptoms as weird as they are, are not uncommon. Like these are normal things. I started having vertigo, um, which is scary stuff. I started having various, um, vasomotor symptoms. The first ones, which were my hands would get icy cold and then get burning hot. Um, this eventually led to hot flashes, which is like the typical symptom that people are like, oh yes, menopause, perimenopause. That wasn't until that wasn't for me until like five or six years into it. Um, and then of course I was tired and then I wasn't sleeping. And then there was the belly fat and these are the really typical things that women see. Um, on top of the fact that at this age, we're typically, we're in that midlife squeeze between we've got kids and parents who are aging. Um, we know we're now, we've got teenagers, that's a struggle. In the thick of that myself today. And, uh, you know, we're doing really well with our career. So there's this big time crunch too. Um, and that's an, an added struggle, right? And so then we're doing the stress eating and we're like, I don't even have time to prioritize my health and fitness. And all of that together just congeals in this big mess in our 40s. Absolutely. Mars, have you had experiences or had clients that have had a lot of these similar experiences? Well, I mean, clients, yes, because I do have a, a handful who are that age, uh, they still get great results. So I think it comes down to a mindset thing more than anything. Uh, but here's the deal. And people, I think, know my story. If not, I, I pretty much like put myself into perimenopause based on what I did with my diet, my exercise when I was in my early 20s. So I ate so little. I just was training all the time, not sleeping, high stress because I was in college. So all of the symptoms that Kim mentioned, like I was experiencing from a very young age, like now, is it because of my hormones? I can't say for sure. Like I have other things going on as well. You know, autoimmune disease, Lyme disease, that stuff, which can absolutely, you know, mimic those types of symptoms or create those types of symptoms. But you know, at one point my testosterone was almost non-existent estrogen and progesterone, like, you know, tanked out, bottomed out. Uh, and so I do think that I experienced symptoms like that, you know, insomnia, the, oh, the brain fog, holy moly. That's the worst. I feel like that's the brain a bad fog one. That's a struggle is, for me, even to this day. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it sometimes is for me as well. You know, when I, 
worked on my health and like really got things under control a couple of years ago, that was one of the symptoms that improved significantly. But like yesterday I got hit with a bad case of brain fog and you just, it's almost like you can't function. You know, I'm like, I've got to be articulate over here. I've got to be talking to people and giving advice and I can't, uh, here I am having it again almost. Uh, But yeah, I can't deal with not being able to think clearly. So I have a question for you, Kim. Would you say that the the symptoms that sort of go alongside that Marcy's talking about with something like an HPA access dysfunction or hormonal irregularities due to overstressing your body, under underfeeding, that type of thing, are they pretty much identical to some that you experience in menopause? I mean, are they are they running parallel and mirroring each other completely? Um, it sounds like anecdotally from what Marcy just said that they are. Um, you know, our symptoms in perimenopause are caused from the lessening of our hormones. Um, so for those of you who get confused, like what the heck is perimenopause versus menopause? Menopause, you're officially in menopause when you have been without your cycle for one full year. The average age of menopause is 51. I'm turning 51 in October. I'm still not fully in menopause. Um, I have been going through this transition for many years now, and I keep thinking I'm going to be in menopause. And then after like six or seven months, I randomly get a period again. <laughs> And I get a little bit frustrated because from what more, many women find that their symptoms lessen once they're actually in menopause, once they're actually past that one year mark. um, And that the really tough part is leading up to menopause. This is not true for all women. There are some women who still continue to struggle with symptoms once they're menopausal. So perimenopause, peri means around in Latin. It's the time around menopause. And this can happen up to a decade before menopause. So that's largely a part of your, if, if you know, 51 is the average age of menopause and it can happen up to a decade before that's a lot of our forties. And so all of these unexplained symptoms, if you're having unexplained symptoms, it's something I would get to, um, you, a medical provider to discuss, which is a hairy topic too, because a lot of them actually, they don't have much education in menopause, which is insane to me. Even gynecologists, OBGYNs do not have often a lot of training in menopause. Finding a menopause specialist is tricky. Um, but these symptoms are caused by our estrogen declining. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will, the, there's a great variety. Some women suffer a lot of symptoms and some women suffer no symptoms. Um, it's hard to say whether any particular person will suffer more versus another um, or whether these symptoms are the same as other um, disorders. But if you're in your forties and you're having symptoms like brain fog and tired, and um, you know, we have to talk about what's happening with your cycles. You might have like really um, excessive bleeding sometimes and then no bleeding sometimes. Um, so if these things are happening to you and you're having hot flashes um, or vertigo or night sweats, all these things, these are, these are, menopause is a, is a real possibility. So in terms of alleviating some of the discomfort that, that you experience in this process and, and trying to, I guess in some ways, in, in some situations, the word is heal, because if you're not perimenopausal and you're just experiencing hormonal irregularities, you can heal. Are some of the actions that you can take similar to those that would allow you to like not just survive, but thrive during this time period, if you are in fact menopausal? Uh, it would depend on your symptoms. Um, and look, I'm not a medical professional and I don't ever advise people on how to treat your symptoms, but I can point, point people towards really great resources because I've had to use them myself. What I would say is if your main symptoms are um, hot flashes and not sleeping because of them, first line treatment 
is menopausal hormone therapy, hormone replacement therapy. It's not something to fear. It's not something like, ooh, last resort. It is literally designed and FDA approved for this purpose. Uh, I was nervous about it. There's a lot of myths surrounding it. I was like, oh, that's not what I should do. I should try and, you know, manage it other ways. There aren't really great other ways to manage hot flashes. Um, if they're affecting the quality of your life, which they were for me, I wasn't sleeping. If they're affecting the quality of your life, talking to your doctor about that is a really great idea. The other thing that's been shown to help weirdly enough with hot flashes is cognitive behavior therapy. I'm still not sure how that works. <laughs> I don't exactly understand how that works, but that is something else that's been shown to work. Um, really, those are the two big options um, if that's what the issue is. For all of the other things, um, you know, you can work on you just you can work on your health generally, if that's what you're saying, if these other kinds of things, you can work on your health and your stress and your sleep and these things, if it's not hot flashes in other ways um, to treat those kinds of symptoms. Uh, I haven't found anything that's been able to touch brain fog yet. Nothing, nothing has helped me with that. Um, HRT has never been said to help with that. And for me, some people says it ha say it has helped them. It did not help me at all um, with that. So we'll see. Um, I'm hearing good things about possibly creatine being able to help with brain functioning. I haven't been taking it recently, so I'm going to take that soon. Maybe I can give you some anecdotal experience of my own in a few months to see if that helps. Um, yes, that answer. Do you want to jump in and talk a little bit about what helped you heal after you experienced that? At, at, certainly we know it wasn't menopause when you went through it, right? Right. So I think mine was a combination of things. Like I said earlier, I was dealing with you know, gut health issues for sure. And then autoimmunity, Lyme disease, Epstein-Barr virus, all of these things that can just really make you feel like hell. So when I worked with a coach a couple of years ago, we first addressed my gut health. So I had a lot of like bacterial overgrowth mm -hmm. and, and I was bloated all the time too, which is a sign that your gut health is a mess. So we worked on that. And then I had some specific supplements that were directed at like the Epstein-Barr, the Lyme disease. And in 10 weeks, it improved, which was pretty incredible after, you know, 10 plus years, just banging my head against the wall. I did go on <clears throat> testosterone replacement therapy. So I did a bioidentical like cream and it's, it's hard to say because you know, let's go back to science class in middle school where they tell you how to, or they teach you how to run a scientific experiment and you need to control the variables. So kind of like Kim was saying as well, you know, okay, well, I'm going to add creatine and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's like, if you are getting improvements, you know, what exactly is it that is allowing those improvements to happen? Is it the supplement? Is it something else? Is it a combination of everything? So I think for me, it was the combination of everything that I was doing and really just taking stress off of my body as a whole. So learning to slow down, not pushing my body as hard in the gym, taking more rest days. Uh, but I don't think that that was more related to like my overall health, not necessarily the, like the symptoms itself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I experienced some, a lot of these similar symptoms too. I went and got a full 
blood panel done. I did now I did a functional medicine doctor, which is not who I would recommend you go to if you are in in a in a position where you think you may be menopausal or perimenopausal. Yeah, me, I would definitely not recommend that for that. No, exactly, exactly. So I my situation is not that. My situation was I knew I wasn't menopausal. I didn't have a cycle. Um I, I had no energy and, and I pretty much came back baseline like I was a man. Like I had no progesterone. I had no estrogen. I had no cycle. I had a little bit of testosterone. And for me, it was more about getting my body fat back up a little bit and managing my stress. And those were the things that led me back down the road to sort of reclaim my hormonal health again. So, um, I mean, here's, this is just a, such an interesting example of three different situations, three different decades, but everyone fighting for their health in a unique way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too, because, you know, I talked about the experience of being at that God awful powerlifting gym and gaining all that weight and even gaining the weight, my hormones did not come back into balance. So I think for me, it was the overall stress on my system that was contributing the most. So once I lowered that and then started to, you know, work on these other things as well, that's kind of when it all came together. But I agree most people, if they are dealing with hormonal imbalances and you've been dieting forever, you're too lean that putting on body fat is going to be the necessary evil. I hate to say it. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to remember when we're talking about menopause and perimenopause, that this is a natural thing. Like we don't want people to think that they need to try and prevent it. Um, it's not an illness. It's not a disease. Uh, we do use the word symptoms because there's not really another good word to use, um, for how you're feeling, but this is a natural thing that our body goes through this transition. It's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we want to work to help you manage the symptoms as best as you can, um, Mm -hmm. so that you can have a great lifestyle, but there's nothing wrong with us, right? There's an, and I hate for women at my age to feel like that, like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Um, and that's kind of been the cultural narrative. Like, that's not what it is. You're not like shriveling up and dying. It's not like you're, it's not like that at all. This is just, this is what's supposed to happen. Um, this is how our bodies are designed and uh, we can work to get an incredible quality of life. I think that's great, Kim. I love that because I'm doing research myself right now and it sounds like symptoms can, in terms of, and conversations too, among, among women, by the way, like I take my mom, for instance, conversations can run the gamut from like radio silence to a living nightmare, right? Like, and I would have never known that my mom was going through such turmoil with her body for so many decades because she didn't talk about it. Her sisters didn't talk about it. Her mother didn't talk about it. And I'm now asking questions and I'm realizing that it was really an awful time for her because there was just no dialogue and there was just no support. So I guess my question is realistically, where is the line between like, again, embracing this life change because this is natural and it's meant to happen and, and accepting it and, and sort of taking our circumstances and creating our own success with them versus transitioning into like the victim mentality or apathy or complacency. Like this is happening to me and there's, I have no control. Like how do you, how do you manage, like navigate that fork in the road? a really, really good question. And, you know, the idea about the silence around it, I think it's starting to change, but it's still there. So in like the online space, in like the making books and those kinds of things, people are talking about menopause now. It's everywhere right now. It's a hot topic. Um, Books, 
social media, but in personal relationships, how often do you ladies hear people talking about this? I don't. And it's crazy that I don't even hear about it. And like, I talk about this nonstop. So you would mm-hmm. think it would come up more in my like just regular spheres. Cause people be like, oh, she's always talking about menopause. I'll say something to her. I hear about it so infrequently. And so like the regular everyday woman, there's still this like, shh, like we don't talk about this. It's what we've learned from our moms and our grandmoms and our aunts. And these things, people don't talk about it. I had never talked about menopause with a single soul. I knew one woman who was always at church wanting the windows open. I'm like, it's cold. What are you doing? Like, no, we shouldn't open the windows. And she was always fanning herself. And I knew it had something to do with the change. And I, that's that literally, that is the only memory I have of anybody discussing even slightly menopause. My mom never talked about it. And I know for a fact that she really struggled with it because I have memories of like being on this trip, we were going to the beach and I I was older and I had one kid and we were driving to the beach and we had to keep stopping because she was like hemorrhaging. And I didn't know what the heck was wrong with her, but clearly like she was in the midst of like this, this part when you're in perimenopause and you can have these like explosive periods. I've had that now. And it was a terrible day. And there we were all at the beach. And I'm like, what's wrong with mom? And she's not even at all explaining to us what's going on. So I do think the silence is changing. I think that we as women can, can do more in our own social circles to make it okay to talk about it. So that was a side note. So as far as your question, like, how do we know? Yeah. There's no need for it to be a discussion of doom and gloom, and we don't just have to accept our fate. But I do think understanding, like, we're not, we don't need to be fighting our bodies. It's not like we're fighting aging. We're not trying to, we don't want want to, we're trying to turn back the clock. Like, let's put so much estrogen in us that we can be like in our thirties again. That's not the deal, but we do want to be able to have a good quality of life. So for me, the line is like, what helps us to have a really good quality of life and embrace where we're at right now. And mm-hmm. for me, menopausal hormone therapy is a big part of that. Like I wasn't, if you're not sleeping, you can't exactly have a great quality of life. And so what do you need to do to make sure that you're able to engage fully um, with your life, with your family, with your loved ones, with your job? What do you need to do to engage fully with that? Those are treatments that you should explore. Um, and I would encourage people to really uh read and look at what is available for your treatments and be very, um, be very aware of not using for, um, estrogen and progesterone, not using things that are not FDA approved. Like there's all kinds of weird things you can get done. You can get like pellet injections and you can get, um, things from compounding pharmacies that are not regulated by the FDA and they're not recommended because they're, you don't know how much is in them and whether it's actually going to be beneficial for you from one batch to the next, what the dosages are. So I'd be really careful with that kind of stuff and always get an FDA approved hormone therapy if you're going to go that route. Mm -hmm. So the fundamentals though, in terms of owning your health and managing fat loss or maintaining uh, your physique are, those do not change, correct? As you age and and as you transition or do they? Could you speak to that? They don't change. And actually just like, this is a really timely conversation. Did you ladies see the new um, article that came out uh, in science yesterday? Uh, It's been all the buzz the past 24 hours, really uh, exciting stuff. So what was the man's man's name? Herman, I want to say Punzer was the head, uh, was the lead author. So this big paper just came out showing that our metabolism does not change between the ages of 20 and 60. There is not a slowing of our metabolisms. Um, Basically our metabolism has like four different sections. but this slowing down that everybody talks about that I've always said, like, ladies, it's not as big as you, as you think it is. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not even there. Wow. Um, really exciting research that they combined 
they combined research from all these different labs together to get, because these studies are usually really, really small, um, to get a lot of data that um, they then analyzed to show that like there is not this metabolic slowing. So ladies, it's not that. It is not your age, which is really important for people to know. And this is what I always talk to women about. Just because you've hit 40 doesn't mean that now there's no hope. And that's one of the big problems people have trying to lose weight in menopause because they've heard for so long they can't do it. And they're like, this is how it is. Their doctors say that. I have women come to me and their doctors have said, this is just how it is now. Like, this is normal. The one part that is very different, okay, where we store body fat changes in menopause, in menopause, as we lose estrogen, we tend to store more body fat in our belly regions. And that's that menopause belly that we see. So women who have been slim all their lives, all of a sudden look down, they're like, what the heck is this? Like, where did that come from? And or this is you- a result, Kim, from the reduction in estrogen and progesterone. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yes. So yeah, understand the why behind this. Yes. Okay. As cool. our hormones are shifting, this this shift in where we store our excess fat happens. And if usually you store your excess fat in your hips and in your thighs, and all of a sudden you look down and there's belly fat, that can be really like, ah, what's happening is the, and I you see other women your age like that, and it's like, I guess this is just how I look from now on. And so the really important piece of information about that is it is a shift in where you store excess fat. It is not making you store excess fat. And that's a big difference. You lose that fat, just like you lose fat anywhere else. So if you're like, I don't like the way my belly looks, you can work on being in a calorie deficit, sustain that over time, and you're still going to lose that fat. And that's really empowering versus like, this is just how it is because I'm in menopause. That is so eye-opening. And I feel like so encouraging for many women, many of us who are wondering why suddenly you're putting on fat in a different area on your yeah. body on your, and your, your frame is changing because that's, it's almost like you don't recognize your body because many, I mean, we will all gain and lose weight throughout our lives for many reasons. And you, when you feel like you can at least know what to expect, it's like, okay, well, this is happening because X, Y, Z, but when something shows up on your, on your body that you don't recognize and you don't know why I can, that's incredibly scary and, and yeah. astounding and probably um, elicits a major loss of control. Absolutely. And, you know, and then, then we take into account the fact that women are really sold. Like we're sold mm-hmm. at every age, but right now I feel like women in their forties are being targeted by really shady people. Like, oh, like you want to lose that belly. And then they like, here's this detox. Here's this, um, rub this thing on you, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And it's really important to know, like, none of that's going to work. It's, it's not going to work. Um, the marketers are relentless with the, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I feel like that little nugget of information just kind of blew my mind and sort of just made me feel so much better about, about knowing what's to come and and what's approaching. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so much value in being educated about this and being educated is talking to someone who with a legitimate education, not, you know, somebody on Instagram who's been like, it's working for me. And this, this is the pill and this is the wrap and, and, and look at me like this, ladies seek out knowledgeable reputable sources obviously kim you are an outstanding one i know there's a number of people on on the platform that we certainly yeah i mean look i'm not a doctor so let me recommend some medical people for you ladies because i'm not one um i know these ladies personally they're incredible at what they do dr heather hirsch um she, she, I think she's at, I think now her new account is Heather Hirsch, um, MD 
on Instagram. I'll find out for sure. And we'll link it in the show notes. Yep. Her, um, her Instagram was hacked and her account was gone, but so she has a new one now. So she runs the, the menopause and midlife clinic at Brigham and women's hospital. Um, super smart. She actually wrote a module for the course that I'm doing right now, all about menopausal therapy treatment, um, and how to manage um, the medical aspect of it. Dr. Jen Gunter, um, she has a new book out, which all of a sudden I'm going to forget the name of her book. Hang on, let me grab it. Where's my book? I don't know where my book is. Um, menopause manifesto, menopause manifesto. She's very active on social media. Um, definitely look to her for some good advice as far as medical treatments, um, for your symptoms, uh, right now. Those are the two people I'd recommend. And then Amanda Thebe, amazing uh, amazing resource. She has a great book, um, called menopocalypse. Um, Amanda helped me personally years ago, um, to get menopause hormone therapy because I was really, um, I needed it. And she talked me through like what to say to your doctor. Uh, and Dr. Heather Hirsch has a great uh, resource about talking to your doctor. She has this journal you can buy. It's like 14 bucks to like detail your symptoms. And then in the back is a letter from her basically explaining what the guidelines are to qualify for hormone therapy. Cause so many doctors are in the dark. My doctor wouldn't give it to me. My doctor said that I wasn't a candidate. And I'm like, that's not true. And I know it's not true. And I'm like, I was very clear it wasn't true. Um, and I like had to really fight to get it. And I don't want other women to have to do that. So you can get this little book from Heather that basically explains like, here are the guidelines and, you know, show your doctor. She has a letter to the physician for you. That is so helpful. Yeah. So are there some tangible things, Kim, from your course that you could share like a couple, you know, high level points that you could cover for us, like some tips to help people as they, yeah. For sure. So the first one is ladies, most of us who have been trying to lose weight, you've tried, you might have that feeling like you've tried all the things and nothing's working anymore. Um, as far as exercise is concerned, the thing that you're likely focusing on is still cardio. And the thing that's actually going to help you more is strength training. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important look, in menopause, uh, we have issues with our bone density. And so we want to be improving our bone density to be healthy. One in two women like breaks a bone over the age of 50. Uh, that's not okay. Right? One, in two women? one in two. I was like, what, how can this be? Uh, so don't be that woman. And so strength training can help with that along with the fact that it's going to be the thing that's going to help give you the shape. If you have any idea that what you're looking for is I want to look fit. I want to, um, look like I have some definition in my arms or in my legs. Like that's what you want to look for. That's the look you want. Mm -hmm. Strength training is going to get that for you. So it's going to help you age better and it's going to help you get the look you want. So that's one thing I would say is focus on that. Second thing I would say is, um, managing your menopause symptoms is going to be key. Losing weight is all about the food as in total number of calories, yet it's not all about the food because what is going to impact the food you eat, how much you eat is going to be more than just like, I, you know, I, whether you want bread or vegetables that day, right? How your stress is going, how your sleep is going, those things are important. And so working to manage those is going to be incredibly important for you to get good results. At the same time, if you're not sleeping, you can still lose weight. Women are just, you know, the tie is not direct. It's not like you're not sleeping. Therefore you don't get to lose weight. It's not like that. And so 
as you're seeking to ease your menopause symptoms, we can still help you lose weight in the moment as you're struggling with your sleep. There's a lot we can do to help you manage that so that you can lose weight, even though you might not get through the, like, I sleep kind of terrible for years yet, which is so sad that that's how it works. But I have clients like that and they've tried everything and they're still, because it's not just hot flashes and menopause, it's also insomnia and that insomnia can be a real killer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you can still lose weight if you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, those are some, those are, those are three of the things I would say. I, Marcy, let me ask you this because I feel like you are a mindset expert and you are so good at coming up with succinct, clear ways to help people sometimes just like find a small shift in perspective. Is there anything that you would offer or you would throw out there in terms of mindset support during a time when you feel like you just don't have control? Sure. So I think recognizing first that everything we're talking about, and I mentioned this earlier when we were first started recording, is you telling yourself that because of my age, because I'm perimenopausal, because I'm in menopause, I cannot lose weight. This is my fate. I'm never going to get the results. I'm never going to lose the weight is a sign of a fixed mindset. So that's you basically believing or telling yourself and your brain believes and your body really, that's like the woo woo, uh, believes everything that you think and that you tell it. So you have to start shifting the narrative and thinking more supportive thoughts that like everything we are saying right now should give you inspiration to know that it is not your destiny. Like, yes, it, it can make it more complicated, but everything that maybe you've heard leading up to this point is from people who have not had the right knowledge, who have not had the right support. And so of course they're going to be frustrated. Of course they're going to be, you know, airing all of those, those feelings of frustration uh, because oftentimes that's how we connect with people is by sharing those kind of, I hate to use this word, like victim stories, you know, or like, oh, my hot flashes. Oh, I can't sleep. Oh, I can't, you know, like grabbing their belly. Like, I just can't get rid of this. So what you focus on expands. And if you are surrounding yourself with other people who, have that same mindset, then that's what you are going to continue believing is going to be your reality. So one thing that I like to say is, you know, try to, to shift that mindset to more of a growth mindset that if I have the right support, if I have the right knowledge, then I will be able to make these changes. And then I like to do something called looking for expanders. So expanders are, or is someone who has what you want, who has achieved whatever it is you desire, who is very similar to you. So maybe you look at Kim who, you know, gained weight after her horrible health crisis, um, last year and is now down what, how many pounds, Kim? 20 pounds, 20 freaking pounds. And like how long? Six months, <laughs> six months, uh, going through perimenopause, dealing with hot flashes, dealing with insomnia, uh, you know, all of that stuff. So Kim can be an expander for you. Susan Niebergall can be an expander for you. Like, oh, I can't build muscle when I'm older. Well, look at her, you know, she lost that. She's, you know, gets stronger and stronger. So that would be my biggest recommendation is to take all of this information in and know that you have the tools, you can find the support that it is possible for you and keep telling yourself that like, you know, I do journaling every morning. So I write out affirmations. Like maybe I don't believe those things right now, but it's something that I want to believe. So 
Some things I'll say is like my metabolism is a machine. I burn calories with ease. I build muscle with ease. I get stronger by the day. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me feel a little bit better. And so if you are feeling better about your, like from a thought perspective, then you're also going to take actions that are more aligned with those thoughts than believing again, this is my fate and I may as well just, you know, do whatever because I'm not going to be able to get the results anyways. So that is it for me from a mindset perspective, but believe you can look for expanders and yeah. You said the word, and right before you said the word expander, I wrote down the word evidence because it's the same thing for me. I always like to have a rabbit to my greyhound. And sometimes it's really important to understand that you need to make sure that you're following the right path. Because if your rabbit is somebody who is not anywhere close to you in age, in lifestyle, in experience, in all of the things that contribute to your world, that's not a good person to target. So if you're looking and you're following you know, an exercise or somebody on an app who's 20 years old and has no kids and their life is fitness and you are menopausal and you want to, and you wonder why your body doesn't look like hers. There's a lot of reasons for that. So in addition to finding these expanders, I think it's also important to kind of retool and recurate your feeds to, or just maybe even just diversify it. Even if you don't want to stop following people because you find value or feel good in them, that's wonderful, but make sure that you are looking to people who um, are ahead of you and are successful. Like you said, Marcy, I love expanders. That's amazing. And yeah. Kim, does your course offer a community of people like that? Yes, absolutely. So the menopause weight loss course, we have a, an online Facebook group. So there's accountability, there's support, there's access to me in there. It's my mm-hmm. it's called my aging stronger society. And so all the women in there are working towards these same things. Um, it's super great community to be a part of when you see other people just like you doing the thing you want to do when you're doing it together. And so like in any community, there are people who are a little bit ahead of you and people a little bit behind you. And so you can kind of work together. Um, and that whole idea ahead of you or behind you in different aspects of it, maybe in mindset, like they've learned something you haven't, and you know, maybe in like a practical trick, you've learned something that they haven't. And so it's this really great community of women all working together to get in the best shape of their lives after 40. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is so encouraging. I, I love that. How long is the, is the program? So it's a nine week course. So the day that this releases, uh, we're going to put a link in here guys, so you can find it. Um, you can sign up for my free masterclass. It's called the menopause fat loss formula. And I break down literally exactly how to lose weight in menopause. What's different about it. What's the same about it. How do you do it? Um, and then uh, on the 31st of this month. So August 31st and, uh, is going to be when my course releases. So the menopause weight loss course, you can buy it that day. It goes for nine weeks. There's nine different modules, one each week that you get dripped to you a little bit at a time. So you're not overwhelmed and you'll learn something and then you'll be given an action step. This isn't like a, like read a nice book and peruse it kind of thing. This is like, no, we're doing this together. So week one, you learn like, how do I set up my nutrition to lose weight? Boom, you do it. Like I tell you exactly, here's what to do. Here's how to do it. Here's where to report the group that you've done it. Week two, we set up your exercise. Then we talk about some specific habits you should do. Then we talk about what to do with your sleep. And every single week for nine weeks, I give you an assignment. And so by the end of those nine weeks, you've learned how to do a whole bunch of stuff and you've actually done it. Wow. In, in the context of a, t- a time where so many women feel like it's about, I just give up. Here's where yeah. the growth stops and I just have to be whatever this is now anymore. And that's not the case. 
Absolutely not. I feel like we've unveiled so many things that no one has ever spoken about in my world before. I'm so grateful for this conversation and, and your knowledge. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having this chat with me. This was fantastic. Is there anything I le- that we left out? Anything, Marcy, from your perspective too that, that we didn't touch on that is, is valuable? Certainly, I would just say not even necessarily pertaining to perimenopause or menopause, but just transitioning and fitness goals as we age. Oh gosh, I think just, I mean, recognizing that what you did a long time ago in your 20s probably is not going to work anymore. So like you were saying earlier in the episode, Katie, you know, maybe in my 20s, or not maybe in my 20s, I was doing hours of cardio a day. I was lifting six days per week and, you know, my results were not optimal, but I was still able to get away with it. And these days I definitely can't. So I think that you know, looking at the minimum effective dose and knowing that you don't have to overextend yourself. And I think as we get older, you know, as our sleep during these, or if you're experiencing these issues may not be as great, like you probably are not going to be recovering as optimally. So really making sure that you are not pushing yourself too hard with your workouts, uh, because that can ultimately backfire on you and, and also just make you not feel as well too. So everything that Kim has outlined, what is going to be outlined in her course, you know, I know it's focusing on strength training, probably what three to four days per week, Kim, if I had mm-hmm. to guess. Yep. You have a choice. <laughs> you can either do three or four because, you know, picking the number that's going to work for you is super important. Yeah. And focusing on progressive overload. So not doing any of yep. these crazy high intensity boot camps that's going to spike your cortisol and talking about body fat gain, you know, lead to storing more body or fat in your abdomen area. Um, not going to allow you to recover properly. And we've talked about all this stuff in previous episodes. So go back and listen to the metabolism myths, go back and listen to the group exercise classes, and then just focus on the basics, strength training, walking, and you'll be good. I love how Kim, it sounds like you really teach people how to understand what levers to pull based on what is going on, what their individual and unique circumstances are, because that gets lost in translation. Everybody thinks, oh, fewer calories and more movement, and that's going to get me to my end goal. But based on the fact that you have nine modules and you're covering things like sleep, stress, habit change, in addition to nutrition and exercise, I think is incredibly valuable. Yeah, because you can't do, so now module one tells you like, this is how many calories you're going to eat. But if that's all I taught you, you would likely not be successful at sticking with it because you need those other things, pulling those other levers and which one you need to pull is going to be dependent on your individual situation, but you can't ignore those and expect to hit your calories every day, right? You can't ignore your, your crappy habits and expect to hit your calories. You can't ignore your terrible sleep and expect to hit your calories. So yeah, pulling all those levers is really important. The only other thing I'll add when you said, if there's something we want to add is if you're a woman and you're like, I'm quite ready to hear this yet. Like I'm a little bit younger, maybe like you just turned 40 and you're like, I don't know if this, like this discussion is for me. Here's why I want you to hear this. And this here's why I think it is for you. It will happen so sneakily. And I wish I had known what to look for because I went through a lot of um, worry for many years that there was something wrong with me. And this is a common thing. I talk to women all the time and they're like, yeah, I was just sure I just hadn't been diagnosed yet. There were times I thought I had MS. One time I thought I was having a stroke because I started having electric zapping sensations in my head. And I'm like, what is this? 
apparently that's a, not apparently it is, it's a, it's a symptom you can have in menopause. You can have these little electric, uh, electric zapping sensations. So scary stuff can happen to you, but if you go into it and you're aware, like these are things that happen to people in perimenopause and when they start happening to, it feels a whole lot less scary if you know that they're going to happen or they could happen because not all of them happen to everyone. That's such a good point, Kim. And I too diagnosed, self-diagnosed myself with MS. I've had, <laughs> I think three MRIs at this point. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was like, what is this stuff? What's going on with my hands? Like what is wrong with me? And mm-hmm. I had never heard of like vasomotor symptoms of menopause. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh-huh. I didn't realize that there was, that they were connected. Um, and one last thing that I want to touch on as well is really like self-acceptance because as we get older, things are going to change. So we can still lose weight and we can continue to improve in the best way possible. But I mean, I'm even starting to notice the signs of aging at 37 with like skin elasticity and, you know, like things like that. So yes, you can lose weight, but also accept that like your body is still going to change in some way. And it's a part of life. So don't make yourself wrong for it. Don't shame yourself. Um, and just keep doing the best you can because some of these things are inevitable, but you can definitely still work with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well Absolutely. said, and God willing, our minds will be able to, you know, what you have going on up here, you have to work that muscle as well and make sure that you are programmed in a way that you can continue to not just survive, but thrive through all of these changes. And if you, gosh, if you hate yourself at 30 and you hate yourself at 40, it's going to be a lot harder when you go up, go through all of this down the road as well. So that, that's, that, that point is very well taken, Marcy. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think this was an incredible discussion and I love that there is more conversation surrounding this and that Kim, you've created, uh, uh, this course and this community for more people to find it and talk about it. Can you just tell us one more time when you're releasing this and where people can find it? Um, okay. So easiest ways, if you're like, I can't figure out where it is, go to my website, kimschlagfitness.com. My last name is S C H L A G. So kimschlagfitness.com. You'll always find it there. And the link will be in my Instagram bio. It's going to be available August 31st. It will be in, on sale for one week and then it's gone till next year. Wow. Okay. One week, one hot week. Okay. One well- hot week. thanks everyone and as always if you have questions you are welcome to submit them to the three of us we will include our instagram handles in the show notes or if you are listening to this on the spotify platform there is a place that you can leave us a voicemail with any questions as well so thanks for listening everyone until next ladies bye bye good talking to you Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.